Derek and Steve present You Heard It Here Second Welcome to You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek. And I am Steve. And we are back for the first episode of 2024, episode number 177. Steve, welcome back. How is the holidays? How's it going? Thank you, Derek. Uh, 2024, new year, same old me. I am making old, zero self-improvements this year. I'm actually <laughs> doubling down on being a bad person. I like it. I like it. Just kidding. You know, if you can't, if you can't beat them, just join them, you know. Uh, we are um, doing dry January, dry January in this household. Oh, very um, nice. First time ever. Very nice. One week in, not too difficult, but... You know, week two is yeah, when it gets hard. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I believe that you um, sent an update toward the end of the year. You, I think, achieved your New Year's resolution. Oh, that's right. From last year. That's should we very Should right. we give a little mention of that? Yeah. We will. That's a good. I, I was not planning on um, announcing that because it's 10 days into 2024 already and we haven't yeah. podcasted in basically <laughs> a month. Um, yeah. But I had a goal last year of running 250 miles. I had a, my own little self tracker, um, yep. like thoughtful miles, thoughtful miles, not just um, like walking to and from your car or, or up the stairs at work. Like right, thoughtful, right. I'm going to run X amount of miles today, uh, 250 miles, right, and I workouts. hit it on the last day. I hit it on wow, the 31st, right down the wire. <laughs> yeah. Just good planning. Yeah. That's just great planning. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You picked the right number, you know, right. so there you go. Um, and so I'm not That's upping great. the number because I don't want to start replacing other stuff that I do because at that point it's just right. It's just replacing other workouts yeah. and sports and stuff. Um, but yeah, so right. thank you for right. um, thank you for the recognition. Nice to hear. Yeah, there you go. What about there you? you? Do you have any um, that, uh, resolutions or anything fun? No, not really. I mean, like I'm definitely more catch all. Like I'm definitely uh, recommitting to the, you know, um, kind of health and fitness a little bit more at the start of the new year. So, so for us, we just moved to the new office building that I referenced oh, before. Right, yeah. Uh, the PS five building. Remember that? I was telling you about that. In yes, Boston. that's right. The new um, one. 7,000 square foot gym. Yeah. Brand new, brand new. And in the office, 7,000 square foot gym. So, big, you know, that's big pretty space. big for, for, for an off for like a, just a, you know, for your, your gym at your office, you know? So I'm trying to take advantage of that. My kind of, you know, resolution is to go, uh, go in early before work more often and work out before work. Cause you know, you, the end of the day comes around. It's like, there's always an excuse, toast, right? Like, yeah. oh, I didn't drink enough water. So I like, you know, I feel like I can't work out yeah. or, you know, I got this thing at, at seven, so I can't really do that. I had a late lunch, so, so I'm trying to, I can't do it. <laughs> had a late lunch, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still full. Um, so trying to get, get back to the, uh, going in early kind of, you know, get in there, uh, take the less crowded train in, you know, it's, it's, there's some perks to getting in early. So that's, uh, not like a year long, you know, uh, aggregate mileage, um, you know, resolution like you had, but sort of a mindset shift of trying to get back to those, uh, those habits. So that, that's what, that's what I'm, I'm looking I at. I like it. So you're going to get jacked. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, it's wedding year. So I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta you know, try to, try to get into, get into, into picture shape, you know? So are you actually uh, like thinking so about it go. like that? Like you should get into uh, No, not really. Not really. It's more, that's more of an added bonus. Like obviously you want to, you want to, you know, feel and look good, like, right, uh, in, in, on that day and in that whole year, I guess, but... You want to get down no, the aisle uh, super fast. Really you want to be speedy. Super fast, <laughs> uh, right. 
Right. I, I'm 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 gonna have a official timer there with the kind of like they do with the forty. I'll uh, I'll run right down it. So. Wow. Uh, no, not that, that's more of a secondary secondary motivator. I just so. got a great idea, but, and we'll, we can workshop yeah? it. But we should do a live <laughs> episode from your bachelor party. Because we'll be Ooh, together. That's a good idea. And we'll have some, that's we'll have some characters. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do yes. it. Yeah, I think that'll be... We just have to tra- We have to travel light with it, but I think we can do it. I th- let's workshop it. Okay. We'll, 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 I think that's a good idea. Yes. So, uh, I like it. So, so details withheld until... until um, Till future updates, but that that's going to be in the works, and you'll hear more about that. Uh, I'm, that's to the listeners. I'm telling them. So. Clearly, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. You're talking um, to me. You'll great. hear more so, about. It. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, so episode 177, we got uh, a relatively sports heavy episode. I think, which often happens when we have taken a little bit of a hiatus when we, you know, we didn't really have any episodes around the holiday season at all. Um, Here, so that tends to build up the sports stories. Here's yeah. my thoughts on go, that. Go, go ahead. You're right. Whenever we take a bigger break, we do more sports because I feel like pop culture, things that happen in pop culture are so fleeting. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're not yeah. right on it, it's such a waste. Um, we yeah. do have a few yeah. pop culture segments that are interesting and newish, but the sports stuff yep. is stuff that everyone knows about. So it'll be yep. sports heavy, but good stuff. And, and a lot of questions. And in, Right. That's what I was going to say. In fairness, like, like, you know, it's not only us just picking that, like we've got, we've got a record, I believe six questions today and they're all about sports. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like goofy um, fun sports, so not just yeah. right, right, talk right, about right. the national championship. Not just like, please analyze the, you know, please analyze the strategy that, that this team employed. You know, please I talk think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that's my question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there you go. So that, that's going to be most of what the episode is today. But before we get started, uh, we do have a shout out in the beginning, Steve, and I'll let you handle this one. It's not necessarily a shout out for an individual, at least not an identified individual yet. So who is this shout out for? We are recruiting we are hiring boom we need a social media manager we need someone Correct. we have all of the tools except time we have time video the, yes. we have uh, personality Audio. we have staying power we have audience we have a lot of things except time we also don't have mm-hmm. we do have shame which which prevents us from <laughs> posting on social media all the time um, right, that's very true. So we need like a an intern. We'll we'll pay them. Um, so if you know anyone in communications or who wants a pretty good resume, a line item on their resume to just cut up, edit our videos, like the stuff you see on TikTok, post TikTok, social Instagram style once a week, TikTok and real style, TikTok, once Instagram, yep. reels, all the stuff, just yep. blast because we don't do any any promotion at all besides yeah putting None. it out into the yeah. world and we get really good feedback yeah. from all of you. We thank you loyal listeners for listening every week and texting us and, and providing questions. Mm-hmm. And if we just put a tiny bit of effort in, we could get it bigger and I, I would like it to grow and yeah. I would like it to be something that, that one day someone I don't know says, Oh, you're that guy, you know? <laughs> Right. And yeah, that does not happen without promotion. So, you know, we, we've gone through spurts like you know, that, that like you basically captured it. It's time. Right. Like, like I've 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 I love making those those videos. Right. It. But uh, but but it's just time. Right. Like, like there, there's too many too many too often. It's like I've literally said like, oh, yeah, I think I, I want to do that this week. And then I don't get have the time to do it. And then it's like the moment passes and it's like, oh, geez, do I make the video about what we talked about two months ago? Yeah. Like, you know, it's sort of you got to go find it and like dig through the video and audio. Right. So, yeah. 
perfect. Uh, if you have any, you know, any of our own friends, although our, our own friends are usually pretty established already our age, right? But I think hey. if you know any up and comers in college or, you know, like, like anyone who's looking for this little like intern type work, did you know, we would be happy to give you some, some free opportunities to, to do that. The, yeah. the number one job that, that young people, like young, young people, like Gen, whatever the one below Gen Z is, say yeah. they want to be when they grow yeah. up is influencer, which is kind of sad. Yeah. But also it means that the sad, pool but, of applicants yeah. for us is huge. Uh, I, I, well, yeah. It, I, so I was talking to, I was talking to a guy at work this week who a uh, little side note made me feel very old because he, we, we discovered that he went to Boston college and I, there's like no one at my company. Like I have very, nobody else at my company that I've met yet that went to BC. So it was like, Oh cool. Like what year are you? And he was your class of 2023. So what? that, uh, <laughs> was, you know, Last I was like, year. Oh, well I'm 10, I'm 10 years before that. So, um, didn't exactly relate in that way, but uh, but it, but he, so he works at my company and the software company's computer science and someone else at the table at lunch that, w- that we were eating mentioned like, oh, well, at least like, you know, your computer science, like it was probably like there's tons of jobs available for that. And he was like, no, like he was like, that's not where the jobs are anymore because everyone does that. And like yeah. it's starting to get like replaced by AI for a lot of things and stuff. He's like the content creators is what is now the job. Like, like the stuff that was fading, we fading that. out 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. The stuff that was like not a job 10 years ago, like is now the job. Right. Mm-hmm. So to your point, that is an area that a lot of people probably, um, you know, could use a little bit of resume building, a little bit of experience, just, just something you've done right. To be able to like kickstart you to the next thing, you know? Yes. So, so there you go. There's our, our shout out, our official posting, um, call to action reach out if you are interested or know someone that's interested. So please. And thank you. There you go. Um, anything else there before we get started into sports? Let's kick it off. Let's do it. The Monster Jam. All right. So starting with sports, we'll get started with college football because a couple of major things that really probably the two biggest topics, sport, three biggest topics, maybe sports wise on the show that I would I would categorize. Uh, the first one is as close to you heard it here first as you'll get. But I think most people probably will still be hearing it second because it's a huge story that you're going to likely hear about tonight on uh, Wednesday, January 10th that we're recording. Uh, Nick Saban really without any leaks or any lead up or any speculation about this at all, like leading into this is retiring from coaching at the Alabama Crimson Tide, retiring from being a college football head coach, mostly regarded probably unanimously as the greatest college football coach of all time. Now, Uh, Steve, what's your instant reaction to Nick Saban retiring? Instant reaction is thank God. Thank the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 17 seasons at Alabama. Seven national championships. Um, whether you like him or hate him, you cannot argue that he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, college football head coach. Maybe head coach. Maybe just generally mm-hmm. a head coach yeah. of football, including NFL, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate him, but I, I don't know if I hate him because he's purely good. Like I can't think of any really bad things. Mm-hmm. About his personality or like any scandals, maybe I'm right. just forgetting. But um, generally, I, I I think the press about him is good, which is hard to do for someone who's been yeah. around so long. So good for him, good for Alabama. I, I think it's good for college football that he's retiring because 
Yeah. College football is basically in flux right now, and maybe he sees that, and he's right. trying to get out before it gets a little crazy. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's my initial thoughts. What but, about you? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I, I found that my dislike for Saban really decreased over the years. Like, like I never, I never really hated him. Uh, but certainly in the height of his of his dominance, like it's easy to hate those coaches, like because they, you know everybody hates it when someone starts winning all the time, right? Like it's just there. It will never be disproven. Like there, uh, there will not be a star player or coach that wins like you know three and four or like four and six championships. And people are like, I love this guy. Like, yeah. this is great. I hope they keep winning. Like, it just won't happen. It's not the way it works, right? Yeah. So, well, it's like the Brady effect too. It's I think like pe- people yeah. hated Brady, and then you kind of get to a point where you're so exhausted by them, but you're just like, you respect them so much. You're like, maybe I don't hate. You're him. like, you Damn. know, kind of like Saban. Still, still doing yeah. this. <laughs> maybe I don't hate him. Maybe I just yeah. am over. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I categorize myself with Saban. Like, I, I, I found myself that like I definitely respect the hell out of him as a coach, right? And and yeah, I think that um, you know people. It's easy to forget that the guy was the guy's seventy two years old. But like he doesn't really look it. Like he's older than Bill Belichick. Like like he, uh, you know, I, I think it could be a combination of a like that's just college football head coach is so much more taxing. I would think than being an NFL coach. Like your season ends and it's like you're hitting, you're recruiting, like you're yeah. you're like talk, trying to convince these seventeen year old kids that like you're the best decision for their life, like their future, right? And so I think that um, whether it's a combination of him just being, you know, ready to retire or if it's also with, like you said, the landscape of college football changing, he might just not be up for it with all the NIL stuff and like the, you know, expanded playoff, the conference realignment. Like he might just be like, this is time. Like it's time, you know, for me to be for me to hang him up. Like and and I think you got to respect it if that's the case, because he not going out on top, but goes out with a with a pretty impressive season, uh, you know, short of winning the championship, like. SEC title and he beats Georgia and then he, you know, almost advances to the championship game. I, so I just had a know. conspiracy theory thought. Mm, all right, let's hear it. Do you think do you think at all it's possible <laughs> that someone on the committee may have known that this was going to be his mm. last year, which is why they got in over FSU? Do you think maybe mm. he said that to one of them? Hmm. As like, hey, listen. This is my last ride. I, I'm sure he did. I'm I'm here for the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I right? Know. I don't know. I don't know if that happened or not, but I'm here for that. Um, why don't we Why don't we go into that topic and then we'll circle back to the Michigan uh, Washington championship game. So yeah. obviously, what Steve references there is that Alabama relatively controversially uh, got the number four seed in the college football playoff. Um, this is after beating George, beating undefeated Georgia in the SEC title game and bumping Georgia all the way out. So, you know, you've got Georgia out of the playoff. Alabama gets in over 13-0 ACC champion Florida State, who obviously lost their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, for the season in the second to last week of the year. So entering the playoff, uh, FSU was, I believe, 2-0, right? Yeah, 2-0, 2-0 with without their... It. Without him, right? Not just strictly with their backup. They were want to know what their backup and want to know what their third, third string, string quarterback. Yeah. Um, so when you kind of lay it out that way, it seems a little a little more uh, obvious that it was a, it was a massive snub. It was a massive you know storyline. Um, let's go there and then we'll bring it back to Alabama. What was your overall reaction to FSU? I probably don't have to 
guess you too don't hard to at guess. that one. You so, do have some F- FSU background as well. So yeah, yeah, my I am an FSU fan. My uh, a lot of my family went there. I don't want to like rehash this because it has been a while, and I feel like everyone feels similarly. But I, I felt a sense of helplessness where it's like, oh shoot, nothing matters. Like in in college football, like imagine if Boston College was was thirteen and zero, no chance. That means that an entire that means that committee just wrote off an entire conference. That's what they did because FSU had won the ACC, was the best team in the ACC, and there was, I mean, and you can make the argument, oh, but they weren't the same team without Jordan Travis. Of course, they weren't the better team, but like, then you, it's so subjective. Then you know, then you're then you're mm-hmm. literally valuing individual players then you should just go yeah. down the roster and, and match people up like Madden. You know, let them play and just let NCAA do it then if you're just going to yeah. match up players. Yeah. Like, um, so I think that was a total, total snub. I'm kind of tired of talking about it. A bunch of players for FSU sat out for the, the mm-hmm. Georgia game. They got crushed, obviously. So Yeah, Georgia didn't sit like anybody else. Yeah, um, which like, is fine. Yeah. Both teams choose to do what they need yeah. to do. Um, yeah. And it just... It was heartbreaking, and my only concern is that if you put 13-0 and ACC champion FSU in over Alabama, you don't have this massive like brain disconnect that you do when you leave them out. Like You're like, okay, well, what are you going to do? They were 13-0, they were AC Power mm-hmm. 5, what are you going to do? Most people just shrug and say, darn, something's broken, but... You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? This time, you're like, wait, this doesn't what make... What can you what, do? This doesn't, like, exactly. It's the yeah. opposite. What can you do? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that feeds into my theory of he must have said something to a, a bull pick'em committee and they they quietly said... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get him in there. I'm, I'm here for that. I, I'm here for that conspiracy. I, I, I'm probably not ready to go to the fa- to the idea that like that has to be what happened because I also just I believe in the longstanding bias about the SEC well, yeah. and the ACC for that matter. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just uh, in a lot of ways, it felt like it was a little bit. They kind of copped out on two things. They copped out on one the fact that it's going to 12 teams next year. Totally. And I felt like that was used as like, a, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like next year, this won't happen. Like that was like, that really grind, grinded my gears a bit. Cause like, okay, that doesn't matter to this team. Right. Like they, they don't care like what that is. And the second thing they copped out on was just like, they really leaned into, Oh, well they're a different team without Jordan Travis. Like they just leaned into that. Yep. And to the extent that we have not seen the committee, do that ever. with any other scenario before has the like, has the committee like, here's a question has the committee ever in the history of their existence decade or so what is it 12 years 10 years 15 years yeah mentioned, like 10 years yeah mentioned like the name of a of a player, of a player no. as a i don't deciding think factor. so never i don't think so i mean they have they certainly have mentioned they have talked about injuries but it's i think it has usually ended up being hypothetical because like it doesn't come down to it. Like it doesn't come down to four and five and like one of them has a big injury. Like it hasn't happened. And so I just think like they, they, I thought it was really aggravating the way that they copped out in that way because they, they would not put their money on saying like, we think Alabama's better than them. Right. Like we said, they, instead they said, 
because Jordan Travis is out, this is a different team, and therefore we think Alabama is better than them. Because then, which is like because you know they have to so go back. anti sports. It's yeah. yeah, they have to go back. It's and so say, anti the spirit of sports. Agreed. It it yeah. made me so mad, and it's making me mad thinking and talking. <laughs> and, and 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 again, and and you know, and, and just last thing about it there before, and I think it'll serve as a good transition to the national championship game, is that there is no like the part that probably bugs me the most is that there's no way to win the argument against people in the high using hindsight. There, there is no right. way to do it. Like Alabama goes out and plays a great game against Michigan. They take them to overtime. Right. So that's not there. There's, but, and it's like, it sort of becomes like a straw man argument where people would go come back to you and they'd say, well, FSU got blown you know, out. Even though Georgia, they sat people yeah. out, they lost 63 to three or whatever. And Alabama took Michigan to overtime. So like, how can you, you know, and it's just like, that's not the way it works. Right. Like there is no way to prove how FSU would have performed in that game. And there's no way to prove like what Alabama would do if they played nine more times. Like it's not like, and like there's not like a hindsight. And don't All you, you earn can do the right games that, like, on your don't schedule. Don't you earn the yeah. right to get blown. I mean, that sounds bad, but like what's yeah, the regular right. season for, well, if not the chance you know that yeah, you play right. for playoffs. That's what it is. Yeah. This isn't yeah, the Premier League. You know, yeah. you don't just like win right. because you had the best team and you beat the best people over the course of a conglomerate of games. You win your regular right. season and you get to go to the playoffs. That's typically how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, all that said, next year is going to get closer to that, at least with 12 teams. It's going to be better. But I think that in, in a lot of ways, college football is still putting band-aids on a problem that every other league in every other sport has figured out which is how to do playoffs that lead to a champion that no one argues about like no one like you can you can debate if a team got lucky or unlucky you can debate if a team should have made the playoffs or not but at the end of the road in every other sport in every other league what you can't debate is who won the championship literally nobody debates that right. ever in any other sport there are people right? who in college and, who claim dual championships like yeah, it's so yeah, stupid exactly. i agree yeah and with the amount of money and time and like i you know again 12 is going to be a big improvement but they there's no real reason they shouldn't have like a standard playoff format like and, and that doesn't have to pick subjectively who is who is um you know going to be in that in that tournament right so uh anyway anything else on the fsu i know that's probably you've probably had enough of talking about that but yeah i have I, and yeah. you're right like i'll just um, my last piece will yeah. be it's all moot because we're moving to the 12 team and it's sad because now we don't get to stew on it but like it, it was a big a big snub and i feel like yeah it should be treated as such no matter yeah. what agreed completely. some of my coworkers no matter what happened say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> that, particular that um, yeah. Um, so there you go. Then, uh, last topic on college football, uh, still a pretty big one, uh, national championship game. After all that, the playoffs do play out, uh, overall, uh, you know, uh, reluctantly enough, I'll say an entertaining playoff with the four they did choose. I, I think it would have been entertaining if Florida state made it as well, but, um, Thanks, Derek. so Michigan beats Alabama in round one. Hey, I, I was fully in favor of that. Um, Michigan beats Alabama in a thriller in overtime in the first round. And then uh, similarly, a thriller, actually, Washington holds off a late rally by Texas. So Michigan versus Washington, a clash of two completely different styles, like completely different conferences. One of the things that is a conversation for another day about 
how these conference realignment is just going to erode some of those like stylistic yeah. clashes, right? Because these two teams are both going to be in the Big Ten next year. So, um, so that, you know, that's going to start to erode a little bit. But, you know, West Coast, like high flying Washington offense versus Big Ten, like grind them down Michigan, you know, carbon copy of an NFL roster type of style, yeah. right? And uh, Michigan, a good game. Michigan uh, ends up pulling away late in the fourth. I think the score looked uh, more lopsided than most of the game was. Uh, what, were, what was your takeaway from the national championship? Um, yeah, I think your analysis regarding their play styles is is the best thing to say because I, it was noticeable out there. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I've watched enough football. I think you have too to to kind of tell. Like, Michigan was the better team. You know, when they needed stuff, yeah. they got it done. Whereas Washington was making incredible throws, incredible catch, like things that you you shouldn't need to do to beat another football team. Yeah, I mean, right, to be right. fair, you can win a national championship by a few crazy plays going your way. Um, but yeah, you could yeah. kind of tell that Michigan was the uh, the better team. They they ran the ball better. They controlled the clock better. They just were a better overall team. Um, but mm-hmm. I agree. Good game. I, I think I was rooting for Washington. I really didn't have a rooting interest. I don't know if I like the Harbaugh's. I don't know why. Um, I don't know if I like Michigan. I don't know why. I know you do. I know you're, you've got Michigan, um, allegiances, but, um, congrats to you. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're rooting for Michigan, I'd rather it be you than anyone else. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, of course there's always the parts of me that watches it and just dreams about if BC could be half as good as, as that. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, uh, I agree stylistically, it was really, um, you know, they, they talk about like, you know, winning the game in the trenches on the line of scrimmage. And like this Michigan team is like as, as dominant in that area as any team I can remember watching in college football. Both these like, teams had like, incredible like, offensive lines. I don't like recognize yeah. that stuff too often, but like pretty yeah. cool. Well, and, and, and that's the thing too. Like when you look at Washington's offensive line, I mean, Michael Penix got beat up in this game, he especially did, yeah. in the second half. But I mean, you know, Washington, as you mentioned, has has an extremely good offensive line. I think all you have to do is look back the week before. When was the last time you saw Alabama get absolutely like blitzed? Like, I mean, like Alabama's offensive line was crumbling against Michigan's defensive front, yeah. and like when I mean, you don't see that very often. Like, like for all the for all the biases we've talked about about the SEC, one thing they do typically have is like insanely big, strong athletes. Yeah. Like you know, and so. Um, yeah, I, I just think this was a case of like, I don't want to call it like men versus boys, but it was like a miniature scale of that. Like it was just like one team was just bigger, stronger, faster than the other team. And Washington gave it everything they had. And I thought like a few a few unlucky breaks in this game could have been a lot different. But just like kind of like you said, when you start to rely on those breaks, it, you know, it's a sign that you're probably not the better team and you're you certainly got a chance. Like you're, it's not like you're a bad team, but uh, I think Michigan just was better all around the board, across the board in every facet they needed to be. So, um, well, congrats so yeah. to you and to Catherine. And, yep. So congrats uh, to Catherine, of course, being the, the alum, I'm the kind of a tag along Michigan fan now, but, uh, last thing there is that Jim Harbaugh, a uh, lot of speculation that he'll be headed to the NFL. I personally think I agree with that. Uh, I get the vibe that this was what he was after. He got his national championship and now I think he, probably feels unfinished business to get a Super Bowl. He did go to a Super Bowl, of course. Um, so 
So yeah, there you go. And what are now the odds that that his brother's going to win the Super Bowl? Probably very high, yeah, right? This is how it goes because of that. This is how it goes. So, <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, anything else on college football? Nah, a lot of stuff there. But cool. see you next season. Go Eagles. Um, yeah, go go Eagles. Um, all right, so we have uh, two more quick ones in uh, in sports, and then we'll get to this list of questions. So, uh, first one's baseball. Mm-hmm. This is uh, apologies if you if it feels like we just complained a lot about the committee, but we're going to complain some yes. more because what what's going on in baseball is that kind uh, of day. is worthy of complaining about. Yeah, do you want you want to run down the complaints here? I, I will. Uh, the complaints are about one team, so. and I will say this: I have held this take for a long time, and I get it. Right. I, I hear it from a lot of people. Baseball, I, we say, you say baseball needs a salary cap, baseball needs this, baseball needs that. Any team can spend any amount. Any owner can spend any amount. There's no small market teams. There's no big market teams. Anyone can do whatever they want. That's kind of false because the players <laughs> get to choose. Like the, 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 the free agents get to choose. And the Dodgers are get every single year, whoever the top two to four, two to four, Free agents, whoever they are, half of them go to the Dodgers, if not all of them. Like, no matter what the two biggest free agents are, at least one of them will go to the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman, uh, uh, Shohei Otani, Yamamoto, Teoscar Hernandez. um, Yeah. I mean, throw Mookie Mookie Betts in there because of the... J.D. Hernandez. Wasn't a free agent, but yeah. It's just... Yeah. It's... It's come it's to the point where we're and we were just talking about it like oh you hate them because they're good oh they've been good for so long they're not even that good you know they they get to the playoffs every year they perform pretty well <laughs> yeah. but like it's not like they have this dynasty they just eat they're like the old school Yankees they just eat up every good free agent like Shohei mm-hmm. goes on the market and everyone in baseball every fan rolls their eyes and says well see ya have fun in the Dodgers like it's just it's so I think it's just so bad for a sport where one team gets the best player every year. And it and it, I get it, it's a free yep. market. Teams can compete, they can do whatever they want to get that player, but I have no control over that. And they do. And and everybody <laughs> goes to the Dodgers and it bothers the hell out of me, especially coming from yeah. the Rays. I mean like any team can say this, but like well, you know, we just traded Glass now to the Dodgers. You know, everyone's going mm-hmm. to the Dodgers. If you got a chance yeah. to go to the Dodgers, and yeah. it's, it's just, it's hard to watch. It just makes it dumb. What do you yeah. think? I, I mean, it makes me so mad. I, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, you know, we were talking before we started recording about how this ties in with a question that we're going to get to later that a that one of our fans submitted. Um, I think this. You know, we'll get to the rule changes in baseball later, but this is the problem in baseball. It's not the rules. Like the rules aren't the problem. the The fact that, like, I can t- I can tell you right now, because you know, as a Red Sox fan, I'm not always on the wrong side of this. Like the Rays are always on the wrong side of this this argument, right? The Red Sox aren't always on the wrong side of this, but they are a tier below the Dodgers and Yankees. I would I would say as far as the spending goes, yeah, but they're not certainly recently. one of the low small market teams. Yeah, recently especially. So, but I can say even those teams, right? What I can guarantee you is there are so many fans across baseball who, after seeing the list that you put out here, Shohei goes to the Dodgers. Okay, fine, whatever. Shohei's there. Then Yamamoto uh, 
is the biggest free agent pitcher target on the market, and he's an international, you know, uh, signing that's going to be coming to the MLB at like age twenty five. This is like a the biggest prize besides Shohei, and then he goes to the Dodgers as well on a ridiculous contract, right? And what it does is it makes fans not excited for the season. Okay. Like fans are not excited if their team doesn't get any players. Like that's just natural. A lot that's just the way it is, right? And so totally like you're saying, do I understand? Yes, like it's a free market, I get it. I get the way, that's the way it's structured, but I think that at some point baseball needs to face the facts that this is bad for their sport and they can sit here and they can add pitch clocks, they can ban the shift, they can do whatever they want to try to make people watch baseball. No one's going to watch baseball if their team doesn't have any good players. And every other sport has figured out a way that you have to make hard decisions like in your on your team. You have to decide like, hey, you know, I guess we have to choose this player or that player because we can't keep them both. Right. Or, you know, there's a rule that says that we can't pay out this much money for this player because we've already spent so much money. And that means someone else gets him. Right. And so it's just like these other sports have great parity. Like they have great excitement levels at the beginning of the year. Even when people like even people who know their team stinks. Like they get excited and hopeful anyway, because maybe they signed one big free agent or like maybe they, you know, someone else didn't sign one big free agent. So they're like, maybe we can compete now. Right. And so I think it's just, I think it does so much harm for the sport. And the last thing I'll say about it is, and and this is when I started to realize it even goes beyond like what you're saying about just going to the Dodgers for like, you know, the money and like the amount that the owner can spend. I, I read an, uh, one of the reports that was about Yamamoto and like they were talking about his agent and his like his endorsement deals with like I think like Asics and like somewhere else like that he has endorsement deals with and his agents obviously strongly preferred that he would be in either LA or New York like when it comes to the endorsements and the reach that his endorsement agreements get right, right. like like when when you start to think that that's also at play here, in addition to the Dodgers having that much money, the fact that they're also then cashing in on the city they're in, it's like, this is such a novel concept versus other sports. This isn't a thing in other sports. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes plays in Kansas City, yeah. right? Like, like, right. like this isn't a thing in any other sport. But in baseball, it's like it's LA and New York, right? You know, I guess in basketball, to an extent, free agents have that type of a mindset, but there's so many rules that prevent a free agent from going to, you know, a, a team that's already loaded. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I agree. I think it's, it's does a lot of harm, but yeah. so, and like the saving, I, the saving I, grace here is yeah. that like truly like baseball is probably the only sport that you can get away with it and still lose, you know, like right, the season's true, so true. long, people get injured the the playoffs are a grind and anyone can win in such a short series like it was the mm-hmm. rangers versus the diamondbacks and like the dodgers were not in the world series this year so like it it's possible but it's still to your point it's just it, it makes you less excited to watch like it makes me yeah unhappy that we i mean we didn't have to you could do whatever you want but tyler glass now uh, probably our best pitcher in in Five years, mm-hmm. traded away to the Dodgers, so we can stay relevant. Mm-hmm. They just have the money. They go, like, oh, who's the best pitcher on? Who's the best? Who's the top three pitchers on the market? We'll take all three. <laughs> yeah. Literally, we'll right. take all three. Yeah, we'll take Shohei. We'll take Yamamoto. We'll take Glass now, um, mm-hmm. and then trade away some people. They have a good farm system too. I get it, but it's just, I don't know. It's just annoying. Yeah. And the last thing too, there, I, I think you probably saw this. Did you see Shohei's uh, contract like structure? 
Yeah, he's like dodging taxes six, in California. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't know about the tax part, dodging but six hundred eighty million of his seven hundred million is deferred until like twenty thirty seven or something. Yeah, so he, can, he makes like two million dollars a year, and from now until then, you want to know why? And then the Dodgers are going to pay him six hundred million when he's retired because you know? he can move to a state with no income tax. He can move to right. Florida. Yeah, so yeah, in ten years and collect all that without paying right. tax. Right. And so, so there's that, but then from the team standpoint, there's also like, how is like, that's a, that's a real simple fix in baseball too. Like, okay, Dodgers, no, you can't just like yeah. delay the $600 million bill so that you can command the entire market for the next 10 years. Right. right. Like it's like, it, these are just basic things in the sports leagues that like other leagues have a way of handling that. Like the NHL has vetoed contracts that were like 17 year contracts that were trying to manipulate the salary cap. Right. It's the, like, it's the same kind of thing. And so, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. You're right though. We at least have a common team to root against now all of baseball. And there's a re- there's reason to believe that they can lose because baseball is, does not lend itself to like an automatic win. Like the, you know, the Durant warriors or, or you know, some, right. some teams like that, that were just loaded and just rolled their way to a title. Right. So, so anyway, anything else on, on baseball? We'll, we'll get to it in the audience question, but, nope. um, so last one, uh, we'll just hit this real quick and then go to the questions. Um, Gotta NFL playoffs, bucks and Eagles. Give us your, no. give us your minute on the bucks, bucks baby. Um, yeah. I will say quick, 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 um, NFL playoffs coming in. The first rounds are always weird. We don't have to waste our time on it, on an, analyzing every first round matchup, but the Eagles are coming mm-hmm. to Tampa Bay. The bucks won their division somehow yeah. at nine and seven. Baker Mayfield, resurgence, if you want to call it that. I have never been in a position where, this is the final game of the season, we're playing the 2-14 and 14 Panthers. We yeah. need to beat them to go to the playoffs. If we lose, we don't go to the playoffs. So, if we win, we re-sign Baker Mayfield, we re-sign our head coach Todd Bowles, people are excited. If we lose, mm-hmm. both of them are fired. Like, yeah, against right. the Panthers, 2-14, and 14, like, that's not sustainable. You know, you can't you can't be living yeah. on this razor's edge for your for the administration and for the system. You know, so mm-hmm. now it's like, wow, look at this resurgence, the Bucks. Wow, look what they did. Predicted to be last, but if you lose yeah, because of one win, well, yeah. one win, nine to zero against the Panthers, three field goals to yeah. beat. Them. So like, <laughs> it it's the Bucks are not a good football team, and I bet on them to win the Super Bowl, of course, but. <laughs> It's just I don't feel confidence in Baker Mayfield. I don't feel confidence in Todd Bowles. Maybe because we were spoiled with Tom Brady that like every time Baker takes the football, he's like dancing around. He's got happy feet. He's looking all over the place. He's like got three broken ribs and he's running into linebackers head first. <laughs> I love the way he plays. He's a he's a, a grinder. I think he's an awesome guy. I'm really happy to have him on my team. I just don't think he can win it all. He doesn't have the, yep. the quarterback skills. He has the he's a playmaker. He's a he's a grinder, yeah. and I respect the hell out of him. But I don't think we're going to beat the Eagles. I don't think we're going to beat the Eagles, sir. Yeah, I didn't say well, it, but I, I want mean, to. You didn't say I it. Want you, to. you didn't say it. You you I didn't hear it. The good thing is that the Eagles are really struggling. Yeah, right I would now. love to. So They're a good like, team to you're, beat. You're you're catching the Eagles. Catching the Eagles at the right time. Um, but I generally agree with most of you, most of what you said. I think. Uh, if nothing else, I, I think we probably said this at the beginning of the year. Baker seems like he's a 
quite a nice bridge away from Tom Brady into the next era for you guys. You know, it's like you got a QB that's fun to watch that, you know, make the playoffs, see what happens. Right. Like you don't have to struggle through like a tank fest of a year. Right. You know, it seems like a good a good bridge to whatever's next. Although at some point, of course, you need to get the quarterback. Right. So figuring out how that happens. But um, hey, anything can happen. Anything. Anything Especially I feel like this year there's. It's wide open. Anything could happen. You're going to tell me that the Cowboys are incapable of choking? Like, no way. Mm-hmm. Like, anything could happen in the NFC or the AFC. So, uh, but I, I agree with you on the it kind of feels silly sometimes when the final game of the season determines like an extension or a firing. And it's like, like, really? Yeah. That like the, the balance is there? Yeah, like, like, we're going to call the season a success so, if we lose first round of the playoffs yeah. and a failure if we lost one game before that. Like, there's no middle yeah, ground right, for this team. Right. Exactly. So, so there you go. Go Bucks beat the Eagles. I, I'm rooting for the Bucks beat the baby. Eagles. Me so, too. Uh, we all so are. Everyone go. is. Um, <laughs> America's team. Um, <laughs> anything else on sports before we uh, address these questions from the fans? Let's do it. Let's let's run. There's a lot right. of questions. Here. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we won't elaborate too much on any of them, but we'll, we'll go through them kind of rapid fire. So, let's hear from the fans. So why don't you slide in my DMs? What? Okay, so first question we have uh, comes from Kelsey. Uh, so Steve, this one Hello, uh, is going to be th- th- <laughs> <laughs> this. Uh, this is one that will be probably a challenging question, but we'll probably try to give our quick answers and uh, give a little thought behind it. Which gymnastics event do you think you would be best at, and why? Parentheses, you can choose men's or women's events. So I've thought extensively so. about this. Um, the Kelsey who submitted this question is a gymnast and we've had this conversation. Yep. I, there's, I have a quick two parter one. I think the thing that I would be best at just because it requires the least amount of gymnastics skill is the men's parallel bars. Men's parallel bars are basically like the bars that you saw as a kid on the playground, just two bars next to each other <laughs> at hip level, right? right? So I don't know what I would do with them, but I could at least lift myself up. I could, I wouldn't do any spinning, I wouldn't do any flipping, but it would, it would feel mm-hmm. like a jungle gym. You know, I could, I could pull and jump. Mm-hmm. And, but I do have this insane thought, and I truly believe it. And maybe, maybe I'm crazy. But I think I could do and be good at pommel horse. You know the pommel wow. horse, the one yeah, that looks like they're break yeah. dancing on the on the saddle of a horse. Yep. Yep. I think yep. I could do it if I gave myself some time. I gave myself some training, like not just right off the bat. But I right, truly think yeah. I've got a pommel horse body. I've got the pommel horse skill set. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. Whatever it is, I've got it. You know. So I guess that's the thing, right? It's like you gotta have you gotta have something. Like that's the thing is like I guess it's probably it's kind of like okay, can you assume like extensive training like to to get ready for this, right? And then the question is, where where is the line between the skill and the strength, right? Because like some of these, the strength feels seems overwhelming, but what if you what if you theoretically could train for it, right? Like I can get to the point where you are strong enough to do it, right? Then it's a case of like would you be able to do it? Right. So, so I think what you're saying is that given, given the ability to get strong enough to do it, that you think you would be a pommel horse 
Like you, it's in your it's in your bag. Gold medalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pommel horse. Gold, gold I, hey, there you go. So I, I thought it was interesting. You thought the parallel bars required the least gymnastics. Well, now that I'm, look, now that I'm looking more, at them, I don't know. Maybe maybe vault. you've talked way more extensively. I was going to say I thought vault. they were lower. To be so, honest, so, they're up in the yeah. Air. I thought they were next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're a little higher. <laughs> um, yeah. Like because you swing between them, I think. Right, like you go between one and the other. No, it's um, like um, it's like you you they're on each arm so like on your oh, hips oh you have one on each arm on your hips oh right like okay like each yeah, hip but, has a bar right and you lift your, but they're just higher up yes. yeah yeah Actually, right no, they're, they're pretty okay. low they're yeah i'm still going to say parallel bars it's doable they're high enough like like do your feet touch the ground like could your feet touch the ground like I, if you were just like it looks like no cuz you need to be able to like do some flips and twists on it but it's right, not exactly. like yeah, high okay. bars so they're you know, it's yeah, not like but they're not like high high yeah. yeah yeah right right okay um yeah, I mean, so that's probably a good answer, again, given, the, like, assuming strength. My, my first answer, well, the answer is none of them. But like, die, my, yeah. my first answer is, was going to be vault. Yeah. Right? Like, thinking that, like, vault is like, okay, I could figure this out, like, with enough strength, with enough training and practice. I think I could figure it out. Now, I wouldn't, I would be very dangerous. Like, I could, I could, like, have a devastating injury trying to do this. But I think... As far as what I have the best chance at, at doing, I think it would be that. Yeah, that, just that's running, be my answer, timing, jumping. I, I think vault's a good answer. Yep. Yeah, and just gotta land, stick the landing, and you've like passed, right? Like, sc- like scrap the fancy stuff, like the flips and the spins and stuff. Like, just like vaulting and sticking the landing is like a passable performance yeah. in this scenario. Right? Here's another question, and not to so. not to add another question to this question, but do you think sticking the landing on like a simple front flip vault would be super difficult like because sticking landing is like a big piece and in my head it seems like it's easy but obviously it's not because it's hard for these these professional athletes to do but yeah i feel like sticking the landing is like i feel like that's something i could do with like my general athleticism you know trying to manage through that yeah yeah i think it feels like a trap. It I'm feels just, like yeah, yes, I agree with I agree with your logic, but that's probably definitely not easy. Yeah, and I get it. I'm way too overconfident for yeah. someone who's never done anything. <laughs> history, so I get it. So so there you go. So hopefully, Kelsey, that was a sufficient answer um, for those two questions. I think we'll uh, not be testing those out anytime soon. So um, let me read this next one. Yep. This has a this story has a background. This question has a background. I'm sure you. This question makes no sense to you. <laughs> but I know exactly who it's coming from and and why they're saying it. Okay, so this says, question. Hello, I am an old friend but new listener to the show. Love the sports takes and conversation. This question is for Steve. With sports betting being legalized in Florida, what do you think the odds should be on Dan Ugla hitting a batting average of 220? So this person, I won't say their name because I – I don't know if they want to be announced on the podcast or not, but because they submitted an anonymous question, but I know who this is. And we had an argument. <laughs> Dan, you know who Dan Ugla is, Derek? Yeah. Dan Ugla yep. is like this base professional baseball player back in know, 10 years ago or so played for the Braves. I think played for a few teams. He's like a tank. He's like a meatball. Just, yeah. He's like Mike Napoli. Second baseman, second right? baseman, beefy hit like, home runs. Yeah. Could not hit for average. It was probably halfway through. And with this friend, you know the friend that you have that argues everything. Like if you have a take, they pick the opposite <laughs> side just because they like to argue. Yeah, yeah. So 
this was that guy. So we're watching Dan Ugla, and I'm like, Dan Ugla sucks. This guy sucks. He's batting under 200. Get him off. Get him out of the league. And this guy was like, No, Dan Ugla's. He's so good. Blah blah blah. Like just, and I'm like, Oh gosh. You know what? If Dan Ugla, if Dan Ugla hits 220, basically, like way outside, like 220 is a terrible batting average. But he was batting so low <laughs> that I had to say, like, if he does anything. Over 220, I'll give you 20 bucks or something. We made a bet. Yeah. The day after I make that bet, no joke, the day <laughs> after, Dan Ugla goes on a 53-game hitting streak. Like, almost <laughs> ties the longest hitting streak in baseball history. Dan Ugla. I'm going to look up the exact number. <laughs> Because it was the most absurd, and this guy's like, "See, I told you, dude." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You didn't tell me. Sh- you didn't tell me shit, Dan Ugla. This is the most psychotic thing that's ever happened." It was, it was incredible. The moment I placed a bet on one of the worst hitters in the league, he almost broke the the league record for uh, hits, and he and he finished above 220, and I lost the bet. Yeah, on this crazy once in a lifetime. Dan, you you know what? The, you should bet on Dan Ugla. You should bet on everything, this person who submitted the question, because that's the luckiest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I just go buy a lottery ticket, because that was the luckiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, he, and to this day, people like my friends are like, oh, like, but, is, but is he better than Dan Ugla? Like when you talk about baseball players, because it was the stupidest, wildest thing. So that that's probably a very in, inside joke kind of story. You had to be there story. But it was, it's one of my more embarrassing sports things is, is losing this bet about Dan Ugla in 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I pulled up the uh, this Bleacher Report article from 2011. Uh, and it's the seven most improbable hitting streaks right. in MLB history. Yes. And the first, the, like before they get to the seven, they start the article by saying Dan Ugla's hitting streak came to an end today at 33 games. So, so this article was prompted by Dan Ugla's hitting streak coming to an end. Yes. Never in anybody's wildest dreams would Dan Ugla's name surface as the guy who would eclipse the Atlanta Braves all-time hitting streak yeah. mark and claim it as his own. Baseball surely is a funny game, and the following nine guys, to be completely honest, had no business hitting in 30 straight games. <laughs> and it proceeds to talk about Dan Ugla. Uh, hitting streak is improbable for this reason. He has a 263 career batting average and is prone to striking out. Uh, Ugla is known as a guy who can hit the ball out of the ballpark, but strikes out quite a bit. So, yeah, that was... Uh, was there anyone else like in timing. the world who <laughs> bet on Dan Ugla to be good or bad at that moment? Probably not. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, the uh, What should the odds be? Is just... Uh, the odds should have been. Odds are a lot. Oh, my right? God. If you bet on it. Plus 2,000, <laughs> plus 3,000. Huge odds. Yeah. So there you go. There, whoever asked the question, Steve knows who you are and uh, is encouraging you to bet the over on Dan Ugo's batting average for, for next season. So, uh, all right. So the next question comes from Seth. Uh, Steve, and this one's also at Steve, yeah. and this is pretty ruthless. Yeah. Uh, the question is, Steve, getting, why did you suck at fantasy football this year? I'm getting flamed today by the chat. <laughs> um, I sucked at fantasy football this year, and I'll, I'll say it. I didn't talk about it on this podcast because I was so embarrassed. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done fantasy wow. football in probably eight years. I just stopped one year because I was rooting against yep. the Bucks. I was rooting for things I didn't want. Like I was paying attention to things I didn't want to pay yep. attention to, and I 
stopped and it was great. And I loved watching football for football's sake. Now you can bet. So it's even better. And I just rejoined in a work league because I thought it'd be a good idea to like get involved with some partners. I don't usually get some FaceTime with and, um, you know, get back into the, the fantasy football scene. Yep. And I came in last place. It was so embarrassing. Oh, but the person who submitted this question, Seth, came in second to last. So he should be thanking me for having mm. a bad year or he would have right. come in last. So you're welcome. Right. Why did I suck at fantasy football this <laughs> year? Point. To save you from embarrassment. That's why I did it, Seth. So you're welcome. There you go. Easy answer. There, You actually answered the question well. They're, they're a good answer to why. So, uh, so there you go, Seth. Hopefully that is a satisfactory answer. Um, you want to read the next one? I feel like I, I was, yes. I've been seeing all the questions. So this one's from Sean. Sean C. If your NFL team could have any QB and any coach, who would you choose? And I'm assuming this is um, NFL coach and NFL QB and any combination of the yeah. two. Yeah. So I'll let you go ahead and answer. Right. So you know what? You know what my my reaction to this question was was that. I couldn't think of a question that would have a more drastic range of being easy or difficult, depending on whether you allow me to use historical or use current. Yeah. So current's really I think hard. it's obvious who I'm picking if it's historical. if it's historical, personally biased as well, as I'm obviously picking Brady and Belichick. Brad Johnson. Right, <laughs> right now. Vinny <laughs> Testaverde. Uh picking today, this is a really hard question. Like, really hard question. And it actually made me realize like that I think that we took for granted the like not and I'm not just talking about Brady here. I think we took for granted a phenomenal era of quarterbacks, oh, totally. like an totally. outstanding era. And I think that today's today's league, I think, shows that because like it's Patrick Mahomes. Right. And like, I don't think I want to pick Patrick. I don't Mahomes. either. Like, 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 you know, and like, I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson I would pick, but like he still hasn't really proven that he can win it all yet. Um so, I mean, if I'm answering this question for today, um, I'm tempted to pick Lamar as my quarterback. Um, maybe I would pick Josh Allen, um, um, but I think I'll go with Lamar. And as my coach, um, I guess this is a moment where I can stand by my guy and I'm going to still pick Belichick. Wow. Um, if, he has a, if he has a general manager who can help him build his roster from a strictly the coach the football coach, like to make the game plan and coach the players yeah. on the field. I will still pick Belichick for this, but, but that's also in part because I think there is no like obvious answer, like in the league, that's like, this is the best coach anymore. Yeah. Right. So I Agreed. think, um, that's probably why I'll just defer to that. So not Brock, what's your not pick? Brock Purdy. No, no, I, Hey, I'm a Brock Purdy fan. I am too. No, I um, don't think so. I, I think Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think Joe Burrow's got a lot of potential, but I haven't mm-hmm, seen a full mm-hmm. season out of him. Or besides the when they lost in the Super Bowl, right, right. Um, I'm like Dak. I don't. I don't want to pick Mahomes. Yeah, I think. I think Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, but then you have to pick a different mm-hmm. coach because like they're both two very different football players. Yeah, um, that's true. It's true. I like Mike McDaniel's at um, yeah. Mike McDaniel yeah. at for the Dolphins. I think he's a good players yeah. coach. I think he's interesting. He's young. He's he's innovative, which I like. He's certainly certainly yeah, definitely interesting, entertaining. And I think he could work with anybody. Like I think he de- yeah. developed Tua really well. Like developed a game plan around him mm-hmm. and, and Tyreek. Um, Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. I like a lot. 
I think yeah, he that's a good, calls good a good, too. smart football team and a good, smart football game. Yep. Um, so I think if I could do Josh Allen, Kyle Shanahan, some combination of those two, yeah, that's I a think good, that's my pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. The other kind of dark horse that I feel like doesn't or get Mike all the Tomlin. love. Love Mike Tomlin. I was just about to really? say Mike Tomlin. Uh, 17. Did you see the stat with him? No. 17th this year was his 17th consecutive non-losing season to start his career. Cool. Seventh, he's so swaggy He's never too. had a non-losing. He, yeah. He's never had a losing season ever. He went 500 a couple times. Never had a losing record. That's incredible. 17 years as a coach. And yeah. and for some bad teams. So, yeah. Really? Right. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, who's his quarterback? Like, yeah. like who's the Steelers quarterback has been a disaster this year. Like, and they still somehow make the playoffs, you know? So I think he's a dark horse choice. And his son was Boston College wide receiver this year. So there's that. Um, so there you go. Uh, that one's from Sean. And uh, hopefully those answers are are good. So, all right. Next question. is next two, The last two questions are long ones. This, and they're from no, our notorious long question askers. Yeah, so. So, so this one's so from. So which one? We'll, we'll each read one. Which one do you I'll want I'll read, read Andrews. Freddie's okay. is long. Um, and this is Andrews. <laughs> Everyone knows Andrew. He's the. Submits, he submits really long, detailed questions, and then we answer them in a way. Tries to guide your tries answer. to guide your answer, and then I answer them, and he texts me immediately saying, "This is the stupidest take. I hate you." Um, okay, so here it is, Andrew O. What is a better system for players entering a pro sports league, a draft, or a system like MLB's international signing pool? Example: Teams will get a limited amount of money to sign rookies, so nobody gets all the top prospects but players would be able to choose where they work, which teams provide the best opportunities for playing time slash development. Um, I think this is a good question. I think, I will say this, I think you are more well-versed in this kind of thing, the the drafting and international pools, and you, you know, your brother mm-hmm. did some, like, s- signing, bo- you're, like, the economics of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd like to know if you have a take on this first. I think it's a good question. Um, and I've always can been partial to the draft. Can you dumb it down for the, the people who don't understand the question? Because it is it is a yeah, so, detailed question. Yeah, so basically, let's take the NFL, right? NFL is the example. Um, you've got, you know, all the best players coming out of college. They declare for the draft. And the way the NFL works is the team that finishes in last place gets to pick first. Then the team that was next worst team picks second and so on, where the team that wins the Super Bowl picks last. So out of 32nd. And... So this is designed so that the teams that finish with the worst records, they get to pick the first players coming out of college. So they get the best players. The spirit of Andrew's question is, is that a better system than they all get to just basically recruit and sign these players just like you would in college, but they're all working from a pool of money. So like, you know, if you wanted to spend all your money on the top player, then the top player could sign with that team if they were convinced to go to that team, right? So what what Andrew's proposing here, or I don't know if he's proposing this, but he's pitching it as an alternative, is that what this would do is it would make teams actually make their own situation more attractive. It would force them to make their own situation attractive because they would have to actually convince players to, to sign it. with You'd them. You'd have to right? sell your team. You'd have to sell it, right? I don't fundamentally hate the idea, but there are some there are some rules that would need to be there for me to make it work in that way. Like it couldn't just be a shared pool of money because if every team spent all their money on the best player, then you'd have tons of players that are just left over, right? Like you, like you need to somehow 
have all the players get their opportunity as well, right? So like, you know, in the NFL, you've got seven rounds of picks and they all, like if you get drafted, you get to try to make that team, right? Like like teams are not going to just like typically cut someone that they draft. So there's a certain level of like, hey, I've got my chance, now I can go earn it, right? Whereas if it was a signing pool, it's hard for me to imagine like 250 players all being signed like equally, right? And, And all having a chance to make it. So there would need to be some, I'm not saying it can't work, but there would need to be some structure around it. Um, It's a really good question. I I think I'm going to probably still defer to the draft model, mainly because of how complex I think it could get if it's like a free for all. But I, 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 I appreciate some of the possible benefits of like making your own opportunity good for the players. Cause I think that is a lacking thing in a draft model where you see so many players just end up in the wrong fit and then their career, their career falls apart. Right. Like if they don't actually end up in a right, in the right spot for them. And this is like, if you think of it in like an employment context, like, yeah, maybe they should get a little bit of a say in where they work, but it's kind of, we'd be ignorant to think that this is like a normal employment, like job situation, right? Like this is a little different. What about, um, and so it's a a tough one. I think I agree. The draft is simple, straightforward. It, it, there's an attempt at parody, which I appreciate, as, as I've mentioned earlier in the podcast. And I know mm-hmm. that's probably not the answer you want, but I, I think a draft is a simple, straightforward, easy to understand way so that not just the teams, but the fans also can get invested. You know, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. besides the number one, maybe number two guy in MLB who's floating around in an international pool, you know, like, mm-hmm. or an NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, I maybe know the two guys, but still a draft in the NBA. Um, what about mm-hmm. hockey where it's kind of like a hybrid of that? You know, you get drafted before you go, mm-hmm. you play, you know, you, you, you're still signed for that team, but you're, you've got a few years to develop as a player, knowing you're a player of that team without actually playing for them. I feel like that's like a happy medium. Yeah. And, and then there, and some guys in that, in those systems do end up not going to that team. In fact, ju- just recently, Cutter Gauthier, who's BC's BC hockey's best player, um, he was a first top five pick of the Flyers, and they just traded him because he essentially said, "I'm not playing for the Flyers." Yeah. But like he, he, he more or less said, "I won't sign with you," and so he got traded. And, and so before that does happen in, in yeah. hockey before ever made, he's still at BC. But like it was, he gave the indication, "I'm not going to be signing with you. I'll let my 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 rights run out, and then I'll be able to sign with anyone once they expire." Right. So there, so in some, there is probably some middle ground, but. In football, basketball, that th- there isn't that in between period, really. I guess there could be, right? Yeah. But that would get a little. That would be wild if if the NFL drafted before guys got to college. That would be wild because college players like go through so many ups and downs yeah. in college football. Like that would be that would be crazy. Um, so anyway, it's a really it's a really good question, a thoughtful question. I think there's just a lot of detail that would need to be addressed uh, if you were going to do that kind of shared pool of of money to spend. I think you just have to make sure that it ends up with all the players getting a fair shot, right? Because you could disadvantage players in one draft class versus another if if teams just burned all their money for their for the guy they wanted, just paid them more, and then they have no money left to sign other players. And so a bunch of guys just don't get to go to the NFL that year, yeah. right? So I think you'd need to have some some guidelines, but it's a good question. So Good question. He's going to hate Anything else on, on that one? answer, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah most likely. <laughs> All right, last one's from uh, Frederick. You said he goes by Freddie, so Freddy. we call him Freddie. Yeah. Freddie, all right. So he, 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 uh, his, his username, I think, was Frederick when he sends him. So, Freddie, here's the question. Curious your thoughts on the changes to baseball this year. Do you think it was a success? 
I recently listened to this podcast, not this podcast, but he's referring to another podcast. I recently listened to a podcast and they basically said that since the home run race of Sosa and McGuire parentheses that I loved as a child, baseball has had a home run problem. Basically every batter is swinging for the fences and less likely to place the ball in the gaps around the field, which results in more taken pitches, walks, strikeouts, the most boring parts of baseball. Anyways, curious on your thoughts on this take and what you think overall of the changes to MLB this year. And then bonus question, if you could add a similar change to any sport, what would it be? So big question there. We talked a lot about baseball already, but what's your initial thought? We did give our thoughts previously about the rule changes, but go ahead. Quickly on the rule changes. I think they're great. I think they were implemented well. I don't think they caused any issues. And I think the games were significantly shorter. So I think... As, as just generally rule changes, people made were up in arms, this, this, that. People had all sorts of opinions. It just worked. You know, it just worked. Pitchers mm-hmm. adapted. Umpires adapted. The fans adapted. I think that was just great. Um, I do think that he's right that baseball is also going through some sort of change where home... It's similar to basketball. You know, when, when threes got too important, you know, like they're considering, oh, do you move the, the mound back or like an, an inch you like do you move the three-point line like their sports are always adapting and i think I, I don't know what other changes baseball needs to see like we said baseball has other problems baseball's got mm-hmm. parody problems baseball's got money problems baseball's got viewership problems um but i i, I think in terms of rules that was a big, big step for them. Baseball is a very conservative sport. Yeah. They do not move quickly, and they do not change often. Um, so, mm-hmm. my biggest thing, truly, and I'm, I'm, I've been this on this team for a long time, is robot umpires. I think mm. robo yep. umps in baseball is the next thing. Just get used to it; it's coming. It will save everyone so much time and effort. And don't give me the like, oh, but the. It's part of the game. The like errors are part of the errors are part of the game. No, umpire umpires <laughs> should be able to call the correct. Yeah. Like they're trying to call it correctly. They're not like, no, I'm going to extend my strike zone <laughs> a little to the left because I'm quirky. Like no, they yeah, they're just trying and not doing a good job. And now yeah. we have technology that can help us. You know, put a yeah. chip in the football, do all the things like mm-hmm. the sky cam in tennis. Boom, perfect, mm-hmm. awesome. People love mm-hmm. it. You can tell if it's in or out. That's what we need. You know, yep. so. Yeah, I think the robot umpires is the next big thing. And I know you said the bonus question, similar change to any sport, but I'm just going to stick yeah. with baseball. I think keep moving baseball in the right direction because it's yeah. it's of the big four, and maybe hockey, but baseball's failing in terms of viewership, in terms yeah. of keeping people engaged, and the rule changes were big yep. at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I agree, and I think your bonus for the bonus. I think you kind of touched on it with other sports and examples of of rolling the technology into those sports, right? Um, but I think uh, chip in the football is so huge. Got to do it. Chip in the football will be big. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, you could do the same thing with a hockey puck. Like, like yeah. I mean, for offsides, it's like so. My my answer to the bonus is going to be uh, is going to be designed for the interim between now and when we get to those robo like like robo ref like robo ump yes. like pieces of the games for the interim my change to those leagues would be that you get one minute to review the replay that's it you get one minute it's a 60 second review if you can't change the call on the field or ice in 60 seconds you don't change it because like when we sit here and we look at 19 different angles of whether a guy's toe was on a blade of grass on the sideline or not like 
we're, we're beyond the point of whether that should actually be the, the deciding factor in the game. So like that, I think one minute maximum, if you can't determine it in one minute, you keep the call. That That's how I, that's the thing that I would do until we get to more automated uh, things that yeah. make that, that, not arguable. You're, you're being you know? the voice of reason, so, which I don't like, but I yeah. I understand. <laughs> so just get every call uh, correct, so no matter go. no yeah. matter the cost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <right. laughs> Cancel the game. Right. Get some scientists <laughs> in there and pick it up tomorrow. It we'll, yeah. uh, <laughs> so so there you go, Freddie. Hope that uh, is a sufficient answer for that. So wow, six questions got through them all. Um, what do you know? It's crazy. For those of you still listening, all right. we were we're done talking about sports. <laughs> Yeah, so, we're finally done. That brings Kim us into Curtis, some uh, some Here other comes topics. pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, and I think starting that out, we have one of the it was I, I, the rumor on the street is it's everyone's favorite. Is that still is that accurate? You know, it's everyone's favorite. It's cozy book corner. I agree. <laughs> Okay, everybody's favorite, Cozy Book Corner. Um, I'm going to start off by saying, Derek, it was a really good year in books for me. I I have Goodreads and I check my, you know, you get stats or whatever. And my average rating out of five on Goodreads was 3.7, which I'm a pretty harsh grader. That's my highest average rating since 2018. It's 2018, so a good year of books. You picked the right books. Yeah, picked the right books. That being said, the two most recent books, not good. Mm. Not good. Mm. So, <laughs> Normal People by Sally Rooney. She's hailed as like the the first great millennial writer. She's like our age. Mm. She's written three books. They've, they're very popular. They're well written. They're fine. But it is just not my book. You know, a, two young teenagers horned up having sex, miscommunicating, talking to other people, having sex with other people, getting mad at each other, and then, like, it all ends up in this, like, will-they-won't-they, like, real-life-is-so-hard kind of book. Like, nothing happened. These two people, it happens, you know? You, you miss your chance. You, you're a human being. Life is weird and hard. Like, th- this is not a groundbreaking book. Um, Sally Rooney, Normal People, 68% Steve Nicholas Avocados. Have you right, heard of Normal People or Sally Rooney? I, I I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, is that a show as well? Yes, or, or, it's a show. Uh, it is. Okay, and yeah, yeah. I have heard from multiple people that this is the first time the show is better than the book. So I've heard the show is pretty mm, good. Okay, I probably won't watch yeah, it. Okay. Sixty-eight um, percent Stephen Nicholas Avocados. Normal People. Perfect name for this book. Just <laughs> normal people. That's what you're reading. <laughs> um, okay, this one is. I could have a hater alert corner for this. And I, di- I didn't rate it too mm, okay. poorly, but I'm just so blown away by this book. <laughs> fourth Wing. Derek, do you know Fourth Wing? Everyone no, in the world, except you, is reading Fourth Wing. <laughs> Ask Catherine if she knows about Fourth Wing. I bet she's read it. Everyone's reading Fourth Wing. I will, Wing. I will. It is... I-, I was cackling. And I don't cackle. I was cackling at this book. The writing is so mind-numbingly bad. 
it's like a children's <laughs> but with dozens of pages in separate instances of graphic explicit sex like descriptive hmm. how how could you write that and not like cringe deeply sex <laughs> Um, the characters wow. are bad. It's it's a fantasy book. There's dragons. It's like this war college, and it's a young underdog girl who's like should have been in. She should have been a scribe, but she got signed up for the dragon riders, and now she has to prove herself. Mm-hmm. And but she's smaller than everyone. But she's obsessed with the the big the captain of the football team, basically. And the captain of the football team yeah. can't live without her, even though her mom killed her dad. Like it's just like the stupidest stuff. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> Um, I gave it 54% Steve Nichols avocados. It's so cringy. The whole book is so cringy. It's painful. Every girl I know gave this, gave this five stars. They love it. I don't get it. I, I think it's just, they appreciate that they can read sex in a book. Hmm. Um, but <laughs> the dialogue's bad. The characters one dimensional. Their only dimension is that they are obsessed with each other. Um, children are dying left and right in this book. Probably 150 deaths in training Jeez. while training wow. for war like just put them on the infantry like don't you don't have to kill them you don't have to kill them you could probably find use for them somewhere else there's just people dying all the time um yeah wow it's just there's cliches on every page i was just like rolling my my eyes were rolling through the back of my head i almost like i could almost see the back of my skull with how hard my eyes were rolling this entire time. um but the only credit I'll give it is the parts that are actually fantasy, like the battle. Oh, the dragons that you are writing about. 500 pages and you finally get to use a dragon in war. Finally, on page <laughs> 500, is good. Like when she writes about the fantasy elements, which is this whole book, it's good. But, you know, 400 pages in when they're doing ninja warrior gauntlets and dying and having sex every other page. And it's just, it was too much. It was too much. It sounds like it. So it sounds like it's too much. I'm not going to so recommend fourth wing. Everyone who is listening to this has either read fourth wing and loves it or is going to read it no matter what I say. So <laughs> it is what it is. Fourth wing by Rebecca Yaros, 54% Steve Nicholas avocados. It's not a work of art. It's not a work of art. There you go. Not a work of art. Not a work of art. There you go. Two very informative book reviews, and maybe to avoid or maybe to to dive in if you yeah. uh, if you're just too intrigued by the by the subpar reviews. So, so there you go. There's your cozy book corner. There it is. Uh, all So, last topic of the show goes to the Golden Globes. Uh, I didn't watch this, Steve, so I did see some of the headlines. But why don't you? Um, Introduce the the final thing here and uh, okay. give us your thoughts. Um, well, let me ask you this: Did you see Oppenheimer or Barbie? Not yet. No, you haven't seen I'm either of them. Very behind on both of those. No, okay. I haven't seen either one yet. So Oppenheimer so. wins Best Picture, and Barbie yep. won the new category of Cinematic and Box Office hmm. Achievement, which is basically like interesting. Best silly movie, you know, best yeah. best <laughs> movie that everyone loves, but we're we're uh, too hoity toity to vote yeah. it Best Picture. Right, right. right? Yeah. Everyone loves right. this movie. Exactly. And it yeah. was the best movie of the year, but it wasn't a piece of art. It's the Our cinematic it's, criteria is not Exactly. It's the fourth wing category. You know, it it <laughs> broke all the records. It was salacious. Yeah. People loved it. People hated it. But 
Um, so yeah, Barbie yeah. won that category. I liked Barbie; it was fine. Oppenheimer also was good for two hours, terrible for the last hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, speaking of bombs, speaking of nuclear bombs, Joe Coy, mm-hmm. the um, the monologue guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a comedian, right? The comedian. Um, and I, I recognized him from something. I've seen him before. He's like a comedian on like, remember like who, Last Comic Standing or stuff like that. You know, he was a yeah. he was a comedian back when stand up comedians were were becoming um, name brand like household names. You know, he was right. like right, right, one right. of those guys. Um, he did terrible. And I don't want to pile on yeah, was, because all of the news and all of the TikToks are like, oh, he bombed. Wow, he bombed. But I watched it and he bombed. It was not funny. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He made some quips at Taylor Swift who gave him the death stare. He, you know, he he kept like blaming his writers. He's like on stage. Mm-hmm. He's like, I only had 10 days. What do you want from me? Like, Yeah, it's like don't. just, yeah. That's a self-awareness that not we this. don't want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, not right. this. Um, and so I don't know that that whole, you know, after you get slapped by Will Smith, you it's probably hard yeah, to right, find people right. to stand up there and and make fun of celebrities. Yeah. You know, it's probably yeah, hard. Right. True. Um, True. It's 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 a very unforgiving stage mm-hmm. because not only will you get slapped by Will Smith or or get eyed down by Taylor Swift if you make the wrong joke. But now social mm-hmm. media is like ready to rip you apart. So I think it's probably really hard for them to find people to host that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet. But he bombed and he shouldn't yeah. do it again. He did. And I think a tip for future uh, people in that role is probably don't just start complaining about how unprepared you were yes. able to be. You know, like like it's great. If it's not your fault, it's not your fault. But you don't need to that, that you're not going to win people over by complaining about that on the stage. Also, I so. think it's kind of a, it's part of being a comedian is handling a bad crowd or or handling. Yeah. Bombing. Yeah. And he wasn't, you know, that. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Like, I don't mind if you bomb because comedy is subjective. It's hard. It's really hard. But you also need to be able to handle it live because that's yeah. half the job. Right. <laughs> Is crowd management. Yeah, right. It's true. Yeah, you can't snowball it into like you complaining about the bombing and then like it's becoming an even bigger bomb now because like you're making it very awkward and cringy, right? So yeah, yeah, it's tough. So anything else on Golden Globes? No, we, we should have Murph on for the Oscars. Yeah. That's that's we yeah, that's what definitely. we care about. We don't care definitely. about the Golden Globes. That yeah, and and that's his. That's he, we got to cue him up and uh, get him on for that. What can uh, be watched? That's a that's a that's a Will tradition. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so that brings us into the final drive. Steve, you want to go first or do you want to go second? Second, Derek. Second. All right, I'll go first. The uh, my my final drive is about uh, a little recommendation of an app that I've been using. It's called Copilot. Uh, so this is a finance budgeting app uh and the reason i'm bringing this up is because uh, have you heard of mint steve i assume i, have, I assume yeah. you're familiar I can't with not listen with i can't mint. not hear ryan reynolds commercials every 30 seconds on <laughs> yes, every right. podcast yeah. and every pandora ad and yep. every spotify ad yep uh so actually i think that's a different mint now that i'm thinking about it that's like mint mobile oh, right? yeah that's what i'm thinking um i think so so i'm, I'm talking so intuit mint is like a personal budgeting app that is through like Intuit, which is who like run TurboTax and Credit Karma and stuff. And so 
uh, a lot of people use it. It was a free budgeting app. And the point being, they basically shut down the budgeting like app. They, they essentially said, hey, you can all move to Credit Karma, which like doesn't have any of the same features for, for budgeting, right? So it left all these people who like try to like do monthly budgets of like, oh, like what's, you know, what do I have? Like what am I, what categories am I spending in and stuff like that? Looking for a new app. So uh, Copilot is the one that I kind of landed on as I was shifting off of Mint. Uh, it's only right now for iOS and Mac, I believe. Like they're they're coming out with uh, Android and like other platforms this year, I think. Um, but I'll just plug it real quick because I've I think it's you know I'm a sucker for a good UI, a clean kind of clean, nice looking user interface. Uh, using it's very easy to categorize like your expenses, like what you're kind of targeting for the month, like you know creating a budget. You, you know things populate pretty quickly. Like uh, transactions come in quick. You can categorize it, label it, things like that. So if you're someone who does keep your budgets like that and you were relying on mint and you haven't picked a new app yet to move on to there's my my personal recommendation Uh, i think it's pretty good you get like a one or two month free trial before you have to pay the like couple bucks a month if you want to keep using it so give it a try if you're if you're looking for one of those and and that's uh that's my rec so there you go um co-pilot all right yeah. Which a lot of things are named Copilot, so you might have to like search like Copilot like money or something yeah. <laughs> to find find the actual app because like Microsoft or Microsoft has like a major app called Copilot now, so it's not that. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, so my final drive is uh, for Christmas. I bought Kelsey a record player, which oh very nice. Which is kind of a house gift. I wanted it to. Um, it was to spur yep. like the creation of a space. You know like. You don't just buy a record player. Yep. You buy the table. You put, you get speakers. You <laughs> right. like make it a thing, and we've done it. We've got the table. We bought um, a nice speaker. We bought a really nice record player. We bought some records, and we are obsessed with it. Like, and <laughs> I, and I, I kind of was like, oh, am I gonna be that guy who gets a record player, even though we have Spotify at our <laughs> fingertips? You know, I could listen to any song in the world that I want, basically for free with YouTube. But I'm gonna buy a record player. It's so fun. It's so cool. I I am so excited to like rediscover. It's this sounds way more exciting than yeah. it is, but I'm so happy to rediscover music. You know like now I buy an album, a record, and I listen you have to listen to the whole thing. You can't skip tracks, yeah. you know. And so you're listening to songs, you're listening to deep tracks by artists you like. And you're like, "You know what? Maybe I don't love this song, but they put this song on the album like there's a theme of the album and it, it kind of tracks all together you know it just it just mm-hmm. makes you appreciate artists and, and the, the entirety of an album because we've gotten so used to just picking your favorite song picking your favorite song picking your favorite song what song's popular what's top yep. five what's top five um, so it's cool to right, just right. put on a record and let it play you know just it just goes um, and also it's really fun to hunt for records records are, are expensive they're like 40 bucks a pop but you can find them everywhere. You know, you can, there's yeah. multiple record stores. You can go to a garage sale or like your uncle has some in his garage. You know, it just, it puts yeah, you on right, the right. hunt for really cool records that you may have forgotten about or, you know, you're like, oh, there's one song I really want. There's one song by the Rolling Stones I really want. And then you've got the whole album and you're like, oh, I guess I listen to the whole album, mm-hmm. discover new music. Um, it's just cool. And I'm sure it's new. Like it's brand yeah. new. We've only had it for a week, but um, it, the, the, it, it may wear off sooner or later but right now we love it so if you're considering getting a record player it's expensive you know it's expensive to buy it's it's expensive to start buying records um but mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend it i was on the fence and we just did it and 
We love it. We like can't stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's annoying. It's annoying for people around yeah. us because all we you do know. is talk about it, but we love it. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, and, and even if it does wear off, uh, you know, sometime soon, it's it's timeless. You know, it, it'll come back again. Apparently. Like, it's, yeah. it's evidence enough now, right? Yeah. Like it came back. So it's going to come back again if it wears off. So. So there you go. Go buy your record players if you want to experience uh, that new rediscovery. And you know? the final plug so. is I can help you with the research. We did some research. It's overwhelming. No, Who knows anything about record players besides like the guy <laughs> yeah, at the right. record store? Nobody. Um, yeah. But you could make some bad decisions. And you can make some right decisions. And I think we've made the right decision based on what we wanted. So nice. I can at least give one recommendation. There you go. Perfect. So. Reach out to Steve if you want the recommendations on uh, all the, the, the details of, of what's the do's and don'ts of, of record player buying. So I'm your guy. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so that'll do it for episode 177. Woo! Thank you to the loads of people who asked questions. One of our longer episodes for sure, yeah. but we had a lot to get through. So, uh, so thanks to everyone who asked a question. Uh, keep an eye out for... Uh, the our our job posting yes. at the beginning and, and let us know if you have anyone that's qualified. Um, yeah, any, any other final shout outs before we wrap it up? We appreciate you if you've All listened good. to this. If you listen this far, you're a true fan yeah, and we appreciate you. So thanks for joining. Exactly. Exactly. So that's it for episode 177. We'll see you guys next time for episode 178. Later days. <laughs>